This week, we'll be studying a portion of John chapter 10. So if you have your Bible handy, uh, please go ahead and turn there now. If not, just keep listening. This week, we'll be reading verses 22 through 30 of John chapter 10. So beginning in verse 22, the text says, At that time, the Feast of Dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. And while you're looking at this passage, go ahead and take a look at verse 31 as well. Verse 31 gives us the reaction of the listeners, the reaction of the crowd that was surrounding Jesus. It says, The Jews picked up stones again to stone him. So the words of Jesus clearly made a heavy impact on his listeners. Obviously, we know this because verse 31 tells us that they were getting ready to stone him. They were so enraged that they wanted to kill him immediately. So let's take some time and look at what claims of Jesus, what words of Jesus caused everyone, his listeners, to be so upset that they wanted to kill him. First of all, by way of context, uh, this passage comes on the heels of Jesus giving his uh, Good Shepherd sermon. And there is a fair amount of that imagery used in today's text as far as the, the shepherd and the sheep. And this is also yet another account in John's Gospel of, of Jesus angering an unbelieving audience. In this case, Jesus is walking in the temple at Jerusalem, and he's confronted by some Jews who ask him a pointed question in verse 24. Verse 24 reads, So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Now, we know from other passages that we've studied that some of the Jewish religious leaders of his day were approaching Jesus and, and trying to catch him in some kind of blasphemy. You know, previous texts have told us that they were looking to trap him. You know, and that is likely what's happening here as well. There doesn't really seem to be any kind of interest in the truth. It looks like the real interest here is in setting a trap for Jesus. Note that the text says that they gathered around him. So they kind of they circled around him and asked him this pointed question. You know, you can almost see it in your mind that they were, they were looking to set a trap so they could take care of him right then. And in verse 24, they ask Jesus the question. They basically tell him, hey, stop beating around the bush and just tell us plainly if you're the Christ. Now, Jesus had said this quite plainly before, but in this case, they're looking for some fresh ammunition. And boy, do they get it. But before that, Jesus tells them in verse 25 uh, that he has told them this before. And not only that, but that his works bear witness about who he is. In verses 26 and 27, call back to the sheep illustration. And he tells his listeners, you are not among my sheep. Now, I want to take a minute and focus in on verses 28 and 29. 
So let's look at that text again. Now, talking about his sheep, those verses say, I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. So in these verses, Jesus tells the crowd some very important truths, and all of these truths still apply today. Jesus is telling them that he gives his sheep eternal life, and that those who have this gift of eternal life will never perish. He explains that God the Father has given these sheep, these followers, to Jesus, and that no one is able to snatch them out of his hand. He actually, it's funny, he actually makes this point twice. He says that no one will snatch them out of his hand, and that no one is able to snatch them out of his Father's hand. You know, so put that together, and what this means is that once you become one of his sheep, once you're truly saved by Christ, you're his. And you're given this incredible gift of eternal life. Now, moving away from, from this text for a moment and focusing in on this concept of eternal life, uh, Paul writes a lot about this in 1 Corinthians 15. If you were here uh, when we studied 1 Corinthians, you know that 1 Corinthians 15 contains uh, an extended discussion about the importance of the resurrection of Jesus and what it means to us. And so I'd like to take just a few moments and, and read a little bit about what Paul has to say about the life that Jesus offers believers. Uh, I'll be reading 1 Corinthians 15, verses 42 through 56. So in that passage, Paul writes, so, so is it with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Thus it is written. The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural and then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are of the dust. And as is the man of heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all fall asleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised, imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality. Then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. 
But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Christ Jesus. I love 1 Corinthians 15, and I love this passage of Scripture. You know, what Paul's saying here is he says that when the perishable puts on the imperishable, you know, when, when your physical body is gone, is dead, you know, and Jesus raises you to life, to eternal life, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass what is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? You know, we know that the wages of sin is death. We know that's what we all deserve. And if you were to go out and ask people on the street what they were the most afraid of, I'll bet death would be at the top of the list. So I love how Paul quotes what feels like a eulogy for death. You know, with Christ, death has no victory. With Christ, death has no sting. Death isn't the end for believers. Jesus defeated death at his resurrection. He suffered and died in our place. So now we can have his righteousness. And in turn, we can have eternal life as a free gift. He paid those wages that were due on our behalf. Death itself was defeated by Jesus. And now, looking back at at the Gospel of John... Jesus says that this gift of eternal life can't be taken away from anyone. No person, no being, not Satan, not anyone. And in verse 30, he proclaims the truth that really sets the crowd off when he says, I and the Father are one. This means that Jesus is God and that he is the only way to eternal life. Jesus, like we said last week, Jesus isn't a way. He's the way. He's the door. He's the life. You know, and once we have surrendered to him, repented of our sins and trust him for salvation, the claims of Jesus here are telling us that we can rest assured knowing that we are secure, not just for this life, but for eternity. Jesus gives us eternal life and he says that no one can take it away from us. This means that the believer's physical death is not the end, as Paul states so eloquently in 1 Corinthians 15. So this week, let's lean on that truth. Rest in that. Remember that Jesus himself promises it. As a Christian, we have eternal life that no one can take away. Let's thank him for that. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your salvation. Thank you for the eternal life that you offer us. Please help each of us to understand that you are the only way and help each of us to rest in the assurance that uh, this eternal life that you offer us is secure and that it's true. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.